Hi, this is Chris. And this is John. And you're listening to the Nerdy Dadcast. is this three weeks out since our last episode yeah i'm not really sure i just know that this happens to be our 30th episode the big anniversary is it 30 i mean 30. i'm the one who set the title so probably i think so i saw the last one on our twitter feed because our twitter feed hasn't been used all that much lately so it said <laughs> episode 29 was released so this one must be 30 well i've been known with some of my podcasts to somehow say hey you know this is episode 28 erd that's fair. So I get things mixed up. Yeah. Well, who can tell time or podcast numbers in this day and age? So yeah, sure. that's, I, I got it. But uh, no, it has been uh, been a few weeks because, uh, well, I think I'm trying to think if our last episode, I would, would have been midway through our isolation because of the exposure. Um, but, uh, or it was, I think if not midway through, like pretty close to it, like we were, we were in full lockdown because of, <clears throat> the uh, the baby forces daycare sitch, uh, which on that note, we were fine. Daycare is open again. She has gone back to it. But on day one of freedom, so, you know, like we went for the full, you know, two weeks, had to lock on down. The Friday of freedom, my wife suddenly experiences some extreme abdominal discomfort. It was actually on sort of the Thursday evening. Hmm. And I, you know, <clears throat> being the loving husband I, I am, I, I was telling her, you know, it's probably gas. Cause you know, we had had like, big beans for lunch and you know, I'm, I'm totally downplaying. Just it. take some Tums, honey. Just take some Tums. That's what I said. Take some Tums. It didn't get any better. In fact, it actually prevented her from sleeping all that well that night. Uh, and so, uh, come Friday, I was actually a much more, you know, devoted husband suggesting, okay, you need to talk to the doctor. Hey, there's an appointment, you know, Let's try to book it. Um, problem was, is it was, uh, I was looking at it Friday. Um, it was like the week following. So uh, I, I convinced her, okay, well, at least call the nurse's line. Have you had a chance to call the BC nurse's line uh, during the pandemic? Uh, not during the pandemic. No, I have okay. not. I have not done that. But you have probably experienced it uh, at some point in time. It's a, it's a yeah, it's, service. It's very helpful. They're great. The um, one hour wait that it took to, to get through, because obviously, it's being put to, to good use right now during the pandemic. I uh, meant that she sort of sat on hold listening to some pretty cool music and, and a message reminding her that to stay online and her calls are extremely important. We responded to all that time. Uh, but once she actually got and spoke, got through to speak to people, um, she had spoken to sort of the intake person who I don't know from a triage perspective, if they're actually a nurse that's sort of punching into the, the machine. And then uh, she got transferred to a nurse almost immediately. And then the nurse sort of walked through suggesting, okay, I think you should get to urgent care. Um, but we're going to have a doctor call you. And I, I was blown away by this, that the nurse's line would actually then have a, like a telemedicine uh, call with a doctor. So an hour later, the doctor called and said, yeah, you should probably go to, go to your GP, go to urgent care. There's, there's something up. And so urgent care um, went into the new one here in Richmond. Uh, my wife walked pretty much right on in. Like it was, she waited longer in line to do the triage than she did to actually go see the doctor. So uh, if anyone happens to live in sort of Metro Vancouver, I can't speak for all the urgent care centers, but it occurs to me that if you have a choice between ER or urgent care, 
and it's not an emergent issue. Like, you know, my arm's missing or I got lots of blood or chest pain, like, you know, all the things that you go to the hospital for, uh, check it out. But she got in and the doctor's like, oh yeah, I think it's your gallbladder. And oh, by the way, 80% of these come out in the ER, 20% come out in, uh, you know, scheduled timelines. So my, my wife really loved hearing that because, you know, do the math. It's like, okay, it's going to get bad. Like, and I have to get it out in the hospital, but you're actually not that concerned that I should go there right now. You're giving me the paperwork and requisitions to get blood work and ultrasound and all that. <laughs> so, uh, that was sort of the way the weekend went. Her first day of freedom was not a free one. And, uh, what I had started to notice is my, uh, my daughter, baby force had really started to take note of how mommy wasn't feeling too well. Now, problematic was that she was also wanting to give mommy, you know, lots of hugs and cuddles and, you know, to, to appropriately hug someone, you do need a running start. I mean, I, I didn't know there were rules around this, but baby force tells me you need to run and jump into the, the person's arms, whether they're expecting it or not. And as you could probably appreciate some abdominal pain, it's hard when a four-year-old decides to you know, come in shoulder first, not because that's what she's doing. It's just because that's where her shoulder gets to. And I, I, I found it quite interesting. She obviously knew something was up and her instinct was, I'm going to, I'm going to take care of you. I'm going to, I'm going to show you the love and affection. Um, was the weekend went on, didn't get better. And eventually we had to take my wife to the ER. And, uh, when we dropped her off at the hospital, because again, with the pandemic, we, we don't stop, we don't go in. It's like, kind of like throw you out the door, wish you luck. I mean, I'm downplaying this, but that's sort of what it felt like. Oh, baby force lost her mind. Just like completely melted that down that we were leaving mommy at the hospital. And it's like, I'm feeling horrible because it's like, is she judging me as like, you know, daddy is being a bad daddy, leaving mommy on her own. But it's not like I could do anything because they're not going to let us go in. And then my wife is obviously now upset because baby force is upset. And then I'm like, oh my God, I got to be strong here. But I was just, again, amazed how she knew sort of that things were concerning. Like I was putting on like the, what I would thought was a brave face. Like this is nothing to be too concerned about. We're getting mommy to where she needs to go to get better. She's going to go see the doctors. I'm like reasoning with her and she's, you know, at least from what I could tell, understanding, like I wasn't beating her on the bush. We were telling her what, what was wrong and why mommy needed to go to the hospital and why she needs to see a doctor. Cause let's be straightforward with her. And she was fine up until we left sort of our place and then dropped mommy off at the, the hospital. It was nuts. Like I'm just blown away that this little four year old has the capacity to read between the lines. Well, I mean, you got to think about it and you know, to her, you just think of like, you're the earth, she's the moon. She rotates around you all the time. You are her world. So she goes around you and around you and around you. And and everything that you show, she catches on to. And they're very, very perceptive and very aware of everything that's going on around her. So, you know, even though you're putting on a fake face or a happy face and trying to be that big, strong dad that you're supposed to be, maybe, she still sees beyond it. And, I mean, that's sort of, I think that's pretty pretty natural and we just have to it's a good reminder for us that uh you know we we can try to hide things from our kids but we probably shouldn't and it's healthier for everyone just to just to let it go i mean mm-hmm. i mean yeah my like for me 
we've gone through we went through i went through a very intense mourning period i lost my mother a while back and over that time i mean i was extremely it was sudden it was out of nowhere wasn't expected at all and um and suddenly, you know, I was in a really bad state. And suddenly, where I tried to put on happy face for my kids all the time, I couldn't manage it anymore. And they got to a point where they were just like, oh, okay, well, we understand what dad is going through. And uh, we're here to support him and and pick him up, even though they were suffering too. So, I mean, basically, it's just, you know, it's the whole, it's she's she's part of the team. She's taking mm-hmm. one for the team, and she's holding you up, even though you think you, you're supposed to hold her up. And... Even though she's four and you don't want to put all that pressure on her, that's sort of, it's it's important. And it's important to feel all the things that one is feeling and uh, and sort of get it out and move through. Yeah, because like, I, I mean, I, I think back and I, I mean, really, the only thing I was holding back was obviously my level of concern. Mm. I mean, I was concerned enough on the Friday that I was insisting that my wife at least call the nurse's line. I mean, I would have much preferred we had maybe uh, sought like immediate medical attention based on, <clears throat> the way my wife was describing things to me. Um, but nurses line sort of was the happy medium and in getting her to go to urgent care and, and what have you. So, I mean, ultimately things got sorted out. Yeah. What it ended up being was a gallbladder. And after um, an, an ultrasound, uh, some blood work, um, they actually did a, a few additional tests just to ensure there wasn't more going on. Um, at one point the doctor in the ER told her, Oh, it could be both your kidneys and your gallbladder. Hmm which uh, obviously my wife was maybe not the most receptive to as far as news is concerned. So when she had found out, oh, your kidneys are perfectly fine, it was like, oh, that's great. I mean, we still have to take that gallbladder of yours out right away. but Good kidneys. Good kidneys. That's that's a good strategy because, I mean, I've found normally in hospital visits and such, they tell you as little as possible so you don't actually have any idea what's going on. So Mm -hmm. really to throw that out, you know, it's like, hey, you have terminal cancer. Oh, no, wait, you don't. It's actually you just need your spleen taken out. So no worries. Yeah. but Yeah, exactly. I mean, I I can't say – I mean, I have as as much uh, uh, um, experience with the the medical system as as maybe yourself does. But, like, I just think back to my kidney stones. And like being told, ah, oh, it's, it's okay. It's probably, you know, it's probably the, it's indigestion. It might be this sure, but it's not. <laughs> and like, then I'm like, okay. Yeah. So you have a stone that's the size of Jupiter inside of your kidney right now. And it's stuck trying to go to the bladder. And as you can appreciate, it's not coming out. So we're going to go in and we're just going to go zap it with some like waves. That's all good. What they, I mean, eventually had to go and do is twice up the, you know, where, and uh, use the lasers to blast it to, to smithereens to, to get it out. So. I mean, Light, I, <laughs> Life Force said lasers up his yeah. dot, dot, dot. Exactly. Yeah. But but again, like, you know, my wife sort of got this news, um, got the, the, the surgery, emergency surgery, essentially, gallbladder's gone. And Baby Horse was actually pretty good about it. Like, the, the night that she was spent just with me alone really threw the routine for uh, a loop. Not because, I, you know, She's not accustomed to daddy with the bedtime routine. It's just only daddy. I don't know of a time where she has just been with me overnight. Right. There've been times because I've had to travel for work that she's been with my wife, but never just me. And so that was different. Uh, And so she was walking me through the process. Okay. This is what we need to do. We need to go and get my PJs and you have to go and make a Bubba. And this is like, she's, you know, she's, you know, okay, cool. I mean, I know what I'm doing, but I'm not going to tell you this because I actually thought it was kind of endearing. She's walking me through. She's telling me how we brush our teeth and how we have to everything. Right? Oh, yeah, it's so important. We read a book. 
Exactly. She can help you for once. And, uh, that night I had the most uncomfortable sleep possible one, because obviously I'm stressed and, and not knowing what's going on with my wife. And then two, um, I had a four-year-old who had decided that she was going to sleep in bed with me because she needed to, you know, cuddle with me to, to make sure I'm okay. Mm-hmm. And I think her interpretation of cuddle was to occupy every square inch in the bed that I might be near, which is fine. Except when you've got me to the edge where I can go no further and you're still trying to kick me. Well, I think, I think four-year-olds maybe, and it's been a while. I haven't let my daughter sleep in our bed recently, but I think four-year-olds have that power where Mm -hmm. when it's just you and them, even though they're tiny and small in so many ways, they can stretch so freaking long because I know every time I would be like on the edge of the bed with my face hanging over and somehow she'd still be kicking me in the back and eventually I'd go and turn her and... And they're also, they're like heat-seeking missiles, too, because they sort of go, boom, right into your... So you can be in a really good sleep just in the middle of the night, and suddenly you get two little feet in your back really hard, and you're awake, and yeah. So I I totally feel you there. Yeah, so, and then the the subsequent night after surgery, obviously my my wife's sore, and so we had to explain that she wasn't able to sleep in the big bed with mommy and daddy. Um, and, uh, And she was good about that for a night, Um, but, uh, I mean, ultimately, again, I'm just, I was simply amazed by how, how understanding she was of the situation, how she obviously was able to relate to her feelings and our feelings, um, how she really wanted to take care of my wife and like, oh, mommy had, she's got a sore tummy because she had surgery and she would actually, you know, tell you that's why she's got these bandages. And, um, uh, she's now at the point where she wants to sort of show people where the, the owies are. So she's like, she went to pull up my wife's um, shirt to show like she's got like a little alley where the yeah, belly button is. Just right? a thing. Yeah, exactly. I mean, my wife's not entirely keen about this, but you know, again, it's just, it's just been a, an interesting experience for me. And I, I, I actually asked my wife about this cause you know, I had um, some health issues myself a couple of years ago, um, kidney stones being one of them, but ultimately a whole lot of stuff going on in my, in my, uh, abdominal area. And, and I was on the hospital for two, one week bits and both times baby force. Um, she was concerned more about daddy was in the hospital and he had all these like, you know, tubes connected to him. She didn't like that. Yeah. But she was also not four. She would have been two. So obviously the, how you relate to the world is probably a little bit different. The two years of wisdom has changed things. But honestly, I mean, as an adult, if you go to the hospital and you see your wife hooked up to tubes, you have the exact same response. You're like, I don't, oh, no, I, don't I don't, I don't like this. I don't like seeing my wife tubes coming out of my wife, you know? So it's all the same thing. It's just, it's a different level of it, but yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I don't, not at all. I have no heart. <laughs> <laughs> Hook her up to more. I want to see more. It's, She's not really right. hurting right now. No, no, no. She can take it. Give her all the IVs all at the same time. Yeah, I think it's just, it's one of those things where, you know, communicating with your child and just having, like, not using fake words, not using baby words, not all through the process, just being real with them and talking to them. And yeah, they understand these things because, you know, and maybe, and it's all levels. It's like you, they love, they understand it so much and you can answer questions very simply. And, uh, 
just answer exactly what they ask. So if they ask something, just a yes or no, and give them the answer, but don't really go on about it. But yeah, I mean, that's sort of the whole thing. And then you get to this point where she's looking to take care of you and she's looking to lead you through. And also it's a big, you know, it's a big, uh, it's a big power thing. Normally you're the, you're the dad, you have the power. So if she can turn around and show you things then she has power and that's awesome. Well, in an interesting development, and I mean, coincidental or not, uh, one of her babies, uh, Rosie, uh, had her gallbladder taken up. Mm. So, I mean, it's it's very coincidental that first my wife has her gallbladder removed, and now uh, Rosie, uh, Baby Force's baby, also had a, a gallbladder removed twice. Now, was there actual incisions? Did we get uh, cotton all over no. the floor, whatever the stuff is? Because I can totally see that happening in my house. No, there were, there was the actual surgery. What they like, there's so my wife got a real, like the less invasive one, which is okay, completely off the rails here. Yeah, it's fine. The open surgery, it's like sliced, they go in, they take it out. That's considered extremely invasive. The less invasive one is where they poke four holes into you, um, where they're like, again, small little incisions where the like three of the probes come in, and then there's a larger one, which I, I'm going to presume is where your gallbladder sort of exits your, your body or what have you. Yeah. Vacuum cleaner. Right. In my mind, four is doesn't like, I mean, I guess maybe it's the size of the incision. Anyhow, whatever. Um, uh, Rosie, the, the doll did not suffer such, uh, such, uh, troubles because, uh, baby force has developed an even less invasive form of surgery. Magic. Magic works. And as, and as long as the band-aids get put on, the baby will heal nah. twice. You just take your, your vision hand and you put it right in there and pull it mm-hmm. out and it's all good. That's actually, you know, that's probably what occurred. Um, maybe she is a you know, superhero and I don't even know it. Yeah. Um, the forces within her. I am concerned though, that Rosie had two gallbladders. It's okay. Everybody's bodies are different. And you know, some people have two gallbladders and some people don't. There's nothing unusual about that. Well, if she has a third at that point in time, we may start have to ask some questions, but no, Rosie, Rosie has since uh, recovered twice, both times. Um, Robbie, her twin brother, he fell and needed a bandaid for his cheek. Apparently he, he cried more than Rosie though, because the cheek owie hurt more than the surgery. You know, we should actually have a weekly podcast segment about Rosie and Robbie all the time. I mean, maybe you can even get baby force to narrate it in advance. I, okay, I actually pitched the idea to her because I think I've, I've shared this before on the podcast. She's a big fan of of Ryan's world. Essentially, it's a family that's created YouTube videos to sell toys and stuff. Okay, cool. Yeah, we wouldn't watch it. Um, and uh, I had she's she she thinks it's funny and she sees like they they do stuff. I'm like, do you want to have your own videos? Do you want to do this? And she no, I like I'd rather watch. I'm like, okay, like I I mean I. I'd use it just for her if whatever she would want to do. Like I have no desire to become a multimillionaire um, selling, you know, toys to people. My kids have really gotten into stop motion videos. So they'll sit there and Whoa. set it up spot by spot. And it's, that would be cool. Yeah. It's getting really awesome actually. So, I mean, we had like, I don't know where we got it from. There was like a stop, stop motion box that has a bunch of different sets inside it and stuff. And it was sitting in the closet for years, and finally I pulled it out and gave them my phone and let them do it, and they came, they've come up with great stuff, so it's really... We, we don't have a YouTube empire, we're not planning on putting them up anywhere, but at the same time, it's really great watching them be creative and watching them do that. Because, I mean, I remember, like, when we were kids, you sort of, you know, we had, every now and then, somebody would have a big VHS car- 
VHS camcorder or something, and we would make little movies and we would do whatever. And they're all lost to the threads of time, luckily, because who can who has a VHS player anymore? But yeah, I mean, just looking at the stuff and giving them the tools to play with whatever they want, it's really it's great. And you watch them learn and be creative, and it's amazing. Yeah, the friend of mine, his son, a little older than Baby Force, probably more. Um, I think your son's age. Uh, he has his own YouTube channel where he talks about gaming. He's like a gaming influencer. Starts it off. Hi, this is. I think it's. I want to say it's like Noodlefin. Is his 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 username? And uh, today we're gonna play like Mario Party and blah blah blah. And then like, I don't know if, if he's doing the editing, like because there's there's definitively some editing going on. Yeah. It, it's like I look at it as a matter of if you want to express your creative side. That's no different than what I used to do. Like I remember when my parents got this sort of portable stereo with the two cassette uh, decks, and I had the microphone on it. And so I would record songs off the radio. Like I'd wait, you know, just for the DJ to stop talking. Cause that always sucked. And then I would sit there until the end and then I would stop. And then I would go in and I'd play that song and I would be my own DJ. Oh, yeah, I remember like, I think it was, it was a birthday and, and somehow it was probably a gag gift or something. Cause I'm sure I was 11 or 12 by that time, but somebody brought me a Sesame street magazine and we, we opened it up and there was a poem inside it that was about a purple cow. And so the, there was four of us at the birthday that year and we got out the old ghetto blaster and we started recording and we did like the whole purple cow rap. And I, it's one of those things that is lost the time, the time, but I can still hear, hear it in my head 30 years later. And I kind of wish I still had that, but you know, yeah, that's, those, those are the memories and all of that. Yeah. But it's, it's the creativity side that I think is, is what, I mean, I, I think back to how I enjoyed it and I, not to suggest that my parents didn't enable me. I mean, they, I always played them the tapes and I always got, you know, affirmation. Oh, that's really good. And, um, they, they would talk about it to like other family members. Cause again, my parents were, were proud of this, but, um, it was never really something I, I really thought was okay or, you know, had a future with. And so I didn't, I loved it. I enjoyed it. And it took until like 30 years later to suddenly realize, Oh, I can, put podcasts together now you're a legendary podcaster and look at what's yeah the the fame the fortune all the things it's all yours oh i mean i'm i have to fight off people with like a a, a stick because they're you know just all over me this podcast empire is huge uh but you know back to sort of you know before so your kids like stop motion oh man i love stop motion I, yeah you, it's you great put one up on youtube or vimeo or it's somewhere so easy now too so i mean you just have an app and you sit there and take all the shots and move it. Yeah. I. And do they, do they narrate as well? Oh yeah. Um, yeah. Oh yeah. So, that's good. and of course with the two of them, you know, one, one of them will, will narrate and one of them will move through the moves or mm-hmm. usually quite often it's older brother getting all his stuff in. Cause you know, he's the older brother and that's how it goes. And, the rules. Yeah, yeah. And then younger sister gets pissed off and that's just how it goes. So yeah. Yeah. Well, I hear YouTube empire. Where am I to find it? How do I subscribe? Yeah, I we'll, subscribe we'll figure now. it out. We'll put it up. Yeah. <clears throat> I'll put it on the Twitter feed eventually. Yeah. But uh, sort of back on, on the rails here and sort of talking about emotion, I think outside of obviously, you know, with surgery and sort of the unsettled times we had there um, with baby force getting back into the routine of daycare. Um, she is in a much happier state. She really enjoyed time with mommy and daddy when we were sort of isolating but she really wasn't happy. Yeah. If that makes sense. Like she, she's happy, but not. And now that she's sort of got back into her routine, she's seeing her friends at daycare. Um, 
and she could go to soccer. That was the other, I think, kicker. We had just started soccer lessons and then suddenly had to stop. So we've resumed again, and she loves it. Yeah, it's a really interesting thing. I mean, we are sort of lucky that we have two kids, and I think, you know, they really love each other and really get along well with each other. So um, we certainly have that. I think having one child would be completely, it would be a different world. And so, I mean, yeah, we're in the same sort of spot where it's only when we mention past activities, and we haven't let our kids go back to activities yet. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, so, yeah, it's only when you mention past activities, then that's pretty much the only time they get sad or weepy. Otherwise, they have really, they're pretty good all the time. And I mean, every now and then we see a little bit breakthrough where it's like one of them's having a really bad day. And it's just, it's the same COVID fatigue that the rest of us are going through. It's just, you know, I'm tired of this. And they get it too. So yeah, we, it's very, like, we're very open and we talk a lot and we want to make sure everybody has their emotions out there and knows that it's okay to have those emotions and just modeling it and modeling it all the time, especially with my son. I mean, he's very empathetic. He has very, he's very emotional and, you know, we just make sure he knows that that's okay and get that all out and not to go into any negative stereotypes, not to go into the old toxic masculinity crap and just make sure that, you know, Kids, boys, girls, all of them know they should have their emotions and, well, and any other gender as well. I'm sorry, I shouldn't. But, um, <laughs> and yeah, just to make sure the emotions are out there and not hidden and to be open and to have that trust. And so, yeah, that brings it back to where your baby force is trying to help you and trying to get you through it. And that's basically what you all need. Yeah. The, uh, you know, thinking back to that, I mean, the holding it together, it's, I don't know my personality. I'm phenomenal in a crisis. I pull things together. I suddenly like I I'm, I'm level set or level-minded, like calm, methodical. The problem is once that like, you know, the the crisis is handled, right? Like a second after breakdown, shut down. Like it's because I'm, all I'm doing is I'm bottling it up. But I essentially, I'm, I'm, I'm refining the focus to, okay, this is what needs to happen. Here's how we're going to do this. This is what we're going to do. What needs to be covered. I got this under control. Got broad shoulders. I'm a big dude, right? Like I'm just, I'm thinking I can take this and, uh, and I, I can. Yeah, no, it's just, we're very similar in that way. And I mean, I, my upbringing was sort of the same kind of that, that was very much part of it. And then also just my professional career, it was always, that was my position. My position was to be the one that deals with the problem when it happens. Otherwise I'm not mm-hmm. dealing with anything, but if I do, but if the problem comes up, then I have to be there and I have to be acting and taking care of it. So that was always sort of the thing. And then once you're through the problem, then you could go, oh, holy, that, what did I just do? And have all that. But, uh, so yeah, it's, it's the whole being vulnerable and getting past that sort of inner training that you got or just, you know, having that moment when you afterwards, when you sit there and whether you, uh, you just breathe heavy or you start to cry or whatever happens, you know, just do it and be open and show it. And then yeah, you're modeling for your child. Yeah. And I mean, you know, the Monday, so my wife is in hospital. I did take my daughter to daycare. I took the day off of work. Um, I had gotten a little sleepover and, and work was completely fine with it. Um, I went and got myself some pastries, sat outside of the Minaru library, soaked up some sun, did some breathing exercises and like, that's when I think the emotion that was in me, I just let loose until I saw a one-legged Canada goose and decided that that goose had a, had a tough, tougher spot that I had. Yeah. And the perspective of it all, that's totally a thing as well. You know, it's, it's being, 
I've sort of been in some situations lately where it's, and we have friends that are going through a really horrible situation as well with their, their one-year-old is very, very sick. And so mm. to then see those situations and realize that, you know, yeah, I'm going through this, but it's not, it, it, well, it's important what I'm going through. It's not anything compared to that kind of deal as well. So it's, it's, it's good to have that perspective sometimes. And I, it's always something that I personally try to keep in mind and I have th- through most of my adult life, but uh, yeah, it's still hard and it's still something you need reminders of every now and then. Yeah. And I, I will be the first to admit, like there are times I struggle when it's like, well, in, put it into perspective. It's like, okay, well, I, I get that, but that doesn't like, it almost feels like when, when someone might suggest putting it into perspective, it's that they forget that the feelings that you're experiencing are still valid. Yeah, no, And that's the whole thing. It's it, what you're going through is absolutely important. And so there's not, mm. it's not a dismissing of what you're going through. It's just sort of a, if you can look at it and say, okay, yeah, I'm going through this, but while it sucks and while it's horrible, it's not as bad as other things or it's not, it could be, it, things could be worse, you know, the whole, whole mm-hmm. thing. Not that any, anyone was during a pandemic. That's totally worse. a thing. Yeah. No. And yeah. no, not things could be worse to anyone else. You don't want that either. I hope otherwise, unless you're a psychopath, but I've known you for a while and I, mean, I don't think you are. No, I'm not. I mean, I was not sitting there wishing that that Canada goose had no legs. Duh, you, actually. Yeah. I had coffee with a Canada goose the other day. Oh, really? I don't get very, how close to that. Cobra chicken get to you. I, I don't like, I don't have a whole lot of solo time, but I had to, I had an appointment, so I had to go up by myself. And, um, and yeah, I, I had two hours between the appointments, so I sat there and I was reading my book. And, but I also had a croissant and a coffee, which I hadn't. And so, <laughs> yeah, it was just me and this Canada goose sat there and stared at me. And honestly, I mean, I'm not a fan of Canada geese. They, they're, they're kind of obnoxious. They, poop everywhere and they and it's just a, it makes a mess so but yeah we still we had a pretty pretty good meetup where we we talked okay yeah we had some conversation and he asked for my croissant and i told him to go away and yeah it was i think it probably left some meaningful moments to both of us yeah i if if anyone is listening to this show is not from canada and you read those stories that uh, canadians take everything that uh, is not nice and they bottle it up into geese there's truth. It's a hundred percent true. Yeah. Cobra chickens. They're mean. Yeah. They're mean and they poop everywhere. So you, if you come to our parks or the beaches, so you've got to watch where you sit down. Cause there's always goose poop everywhere. Well, it's I, it, actually, it's getting to the point now where you don't have to watch where you sit down. You just have to presume it's there. Yeah, You don't, you don't sit down and you're accepting that you live in it. Oh man. Those inefficient garbage machines. Oh, well, what else have uh, you been up to? Uh, yeah, I was gonna say, what, what's your what's your nerdy lately? Have you had any game time or anything? Not a whole lot. Like, uh, really, obviously, full time dad force um, and very little game time because, well, actually, we played shoots and ladders. My daughter is a big fan of shoots and ladders. Actually, let me rephrase that. She's a big fan of ladders. Nice. Um, when you hit that last shoot before you were about to really win, long you one. all the way down. Yeah. Um, I don't know how to actually, maybe this is a topic for another episode. Baby force does not like losing. She is the Ricky Bobby when it comes to competition. Mm. And when you hit that shoot, it's like full on meltdown, flip the table. (laughs) Things go flying. (laughs) That would be bad. And I mean, I don't have a lot of experience with sort of this side. Um, 
simply because like if if she wants oh i'll race you daddy i mean i'm i'm not looking to to be oh, to wherever we're you going kick her right? down every time come on right like but um where but my wife like my wife totally lets her win everything yeah and so now like when we play like a game a board game i'm I'm, it's it's not like I'm trying to beat her. It's all by chance, but by chance she lands on that you know last shoot and woo, and uh, uh, Daddy wins. Whoa, I don't like that. <laughs> uh, let's see. For me, um, yeah, I've been doing uh, the whole PlayStation every night lately. That's sort of my wind down time. So I've been doing bug snacks because I got through all the Spider Man. I did a lot of Spider Man, both the. Uh, the previous one, the remaster and Miles Morales. And yeah, they were great, but I sort of Spider-Man myself out for a while. So now I'm going through and eating weird little bugs that are kind of uh, food and stuff and things. And yeah, that's been good. And of course my, my son, he's kicking butt. He's, he's gone through Spider-Man now too. And so you hit that point where I remember like when he was six or something, he couldn't quite get the movements down and it wasn't quite that good. And now he's nine and oh, he's better than me. He can do all the things that I can't do anymore. And I think, you know, mm. I've done this all my life, man. My, my reflexes are all I've got and he's better now. So that's sort of, that's a thing. And then my daughter, she's going through breath of the wild. She's doing Zelda. So, oh, so yeah, they're, game. so they hit, basically three o'clock every day and at three o'clock, depending on how they've done with uh, schoolwork and all of that, then it's usually video game time. So they get a couple hours to, to play and that's sort of been how we're doing it. So that's also good. Cause I mean, for the first little while she, she, she's six now. So she was going through breath of the wild and just sort of wandering around and not really doing anything. I mean, Hey, I've said that on previous podcasts myself where, you know, so there's some of these games where you just see, something off in the distance and you're like, you spend the next six hours running after that thing and you don't actually accomplish anything in the game, but you are on that mission. So yeah, mm-hmm. that's what she does too now. Although she's getting better and she's gotten farther in the game and, and you know, I'm not, I don't want to handhold. I don't want to, there's no real, you know, daddy, dad, can you get me through this? And usually I'll say no. Sometimes, sometimes I'll help, but mm-hmm. let them fight their own battles, which is totally opposite of the team thing. I've been talking about this whole podcast. So, you know, <laughs> yeah. Little this, little yeah, that. I, I'll uh, I'll really enjoy when she she gets to that age. She does she does take interest, and I should sort of qualify this. I was watching the Overwatch League uh, uh, this week or uh, this weekend Sunday on the, on the TV. Um, so it's on YouTube. So I just fired up through the app, and uh, and while my wife was uh, showering, Baby Force was sitting there watching the game, and uh, she kept asking me why why is that monkey angry? And so one of the characters, Winston space monkey scientist um the ultimate ability is a real angry like king kong type character anyhow i had to explain to her why the monkey gets angry anyhow, all space monkeys are attention. angry it's a well, i would think so it's a well-known scientific fact every space monkey is yeah. angry um but uh, she is she is cognizant of what's happening in a very frenetic like esport experience so I'm, uh, it's a little, you know, twinkle in my eye that she's picking up on these things. Cause you know, if, if there is something I do wish for her to, to succeed in is uh, video gaming. So she can be the, the next big streamer and be filthy, stinking rich and whatever the next Twitch is. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it'll be like, you know, uh, I don't know. I was trying to be witty here, but it's late on a Sunday and my wit is, is long since gone. Yeah. I think, Ooh. Ooh. I actually just remembered Did something. Did come back? Um, well, no, no, no. It's not nerdy. Um, 
baby force. Uh, my parents bought her a bike for her birthday. Oh yeah. And uh, she's, she's a biker now. Cool. Yeah. She is, she is, I don't know if she, she's sort of on the cusp of either being like professional cyclist or a biker in leathers, but she, she hauls some serious butt on her Tinkerbell bike. Do you have a bike? I do. Okay. Um, in fact, I had said, oh, hey, baby force, you and I should go for a bike ride. She's like, no, mommy doesn't have a bike, so we can't. Mm. So I told my wife that she has to get a bike today. And my wife's like, yeah, maybe when we move. Oh, and you're moving. No. Um, if we are, my wife has yet to tell oh, Okay, me. good. Or maybe, yeah, it's good that she included you in that at least. <laughs> exactly. After the pandemic, so. you never know. Yeah, but, uh, but no, she's, she's, she's been riding a bike. She got a scooter for her birthday as well. Um, she's not big, as big of a fan of the scooter. I think as she is of the bike, because with a scooter, you do kind of have to have balance. Whereas with the bike, she's Oh, the training, training wheels. wheels. Okay. Yeah. We were cruel. We didn't give our kids training wheels. Mm. Well, we, we did. And like today she was doing sort of zigzags and she's banking hard. And at one point I'm like, you, you better watch out. Cause she's, she's hit the wheel hard and the other training wheels flying up which is those wheels are not intended to take that type of pressure so she'll either learn or she'll learn it's amazing though i mean my son's kind of, from like day one when he got on a bike was kind of a speed demon and he doesn't have a whole lot of bike experience i mean we we don't live in the best area for it we do there is mm-hmm. a lacrosse box down the beach we have taken him down there to learn how to bike but, um, yeah, he was originally a speed demon and he would just be like ripping and it's amazing how fast suddenly you hit the ground. Cause yeah, he yeah. would be going all out and I'd look away for half a second and suddenly boom and down he goes. And so, yeah, he's much better. He's much better now, but those parent moments where suddenly you hear the sound and time slows down and you see them falling and all of that. Yeah. That's yeah. My parents. So I had training wheels when I first bike, but then we lived on sort of, uh, point gray Dunbar, or west side of Vancouver and uh, our house had a basement and there was like a, a ramp that went into the basement. So my dad was smart. He's like, Oh, I'll just, you know, get Chris to ride down the ramp in through the door into the basement and he's fine. And so that was sort of the controlled environment. And if I fell on the ramp, I didn't really fall hard cause I fell against the wall. So you know, it hurt, but it, I couldn't really fall. It was too tight of a space. And then if I went into the basement and I fell, it was inside on the carpet still hurt, but Less road rash. Plus, it was the eighties, and gravity was different back then. So we, it yeah, was, we it didn't was. feel the same. No, totally. I mean, I didn't need a helmet or anything like no. that. Because, again, somehow, childhood was just safe. My parents gave me a milk um, jug, and I was happy with it. <laughs> exactly. But then my dad decided, oh, hey, you know, Chris is he's 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 got this mastered. He can ride. Let's take him out in the street. And see, where we lived was just above the Camosun Bog, and it didn't take much for you to sort of hit the road and then go toward like essentially down into the bog. And so my dad's out there, gives me a push and it's like, ah, look at my son's going. I'm like, look at me, daddy, look at me, daddy. And then the hill and gravity took over. And anyhow, the bog stopped me. Nice soft side. Flying, flying across crown street in Vancouver probably wasn't the, the greatest, but there was no cars and they would have stopped. Hopefully. Yeah, I remember two. I remember once when I was just learning, I must have been like six or something. And of course, I was out by myself. And again, this isn't something that would happen today, I guess. I wouldn't let my six year old just go riding her bike randomly. But I was. And so at one point, I remember jumping off my bike and just letting it spin away. And it went right to the side of a car, as it's going to do. 
And so mm-hmm. the guy got out and he was pretty pissed off at me and he gave me my bike and told me to go away and that kind of thing. And so, yeah, that was sort of my, my, my big biking adventure when I was like six. I don't, I, and yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I, I don't think I ever did that. I did hit a, um, the side of a car, um, like the mirror. Um, but that in, in fairness, it wasn't so much me doing it on purpose and so much as me going down a road that wasn't all that paved. Like some of the side streets in Vancouver, and I don't know if they're still like that now, but like they were paved back in like the 1800s or whatever the heck it was. And then since then, it's just a series of like rocks that are left of whatever the concrete material was. So I, I probably was biking above my skill level and I lost control, but I was on it and I, and I hit the mirror. But, but yeah, no, I, 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 some of the silliest stuff I did on a bike. Like I remember telling my parents one night, Oh yeah, I'm just going to go for a bike ride with friends. Uh, and, uh, uh, we got to the end of the, uh, Iona causeway at about 1030 at night where I, there was a phone booth. I don't know if the phone booth is still there. And I'm still amazed that there was a phone booth at the end of the Iona causeway because that, that sucker is like how many kilometers long <laughs> and calling my parents to say, Oh, we made it. We're turning around, coming home being told because i was i was already past curfew we had totally screwed up how long it was going to take us to do this and then i got home at one in the morning again like thank god it was a school <laughs> day or i'd have been in a lot of hell like all this stuff or you know other things that we used to do as a kid that i couldn't imagine i'm ever going to allow baby force to do it's like the was it the 25th anniversary of no it's more than that now the 50th I don't know, 45th, whatever. Expo 86, how many years now? 2021. A lot, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. a lot. Um, I used to hop on the bus after school, head downtown, meet my mom at uh, where she worked at Woodward's, and then the two of us would like either walk or take the bus or hop on the train um, because the SkyTrain ran from like a Century Stadium to um, the what we know as Canada Place now. And, uh, but I rode the bus all on my own downtown to an area that I don't know if I'd let baby force ride the bus here on her own at that age, um, let alone there. But, um, Oh, it's such a good, yeah, time. we'll see. I mean, yeah, X 26 for sure. Well, yeah, I used to do that when I was a kid, I would get on a bus and like me and a buddy would get on a bus and we'd just take the bus wherever it went mm-hmm. and wherever it stopped. And I think that's how I first found Langley. I just happened to get on a bus to Langley and that's where I ended up. So, you know, that's how we did it. And again, it's probably not something that my kids will experience, but who knows? We'll see. Yeah. Well, I mean, outside of the fact that the pandemic has sort of reframed how I may approach public transit. Yeah. That's a big supporter, but that's very cool. True. For the first time ever, I don't have a compass card anymore or a monthly pass or any of those things. I haven't been on a bus in months and months and months. So, yeah. Yeah. Anyhow. All right. Oh, this is a wind, wide winding road that we have taken. Yeah. It must've been the three weeks off. I don't know. We've, we're kind of, and the sun, late Sunday night and true, the true COVID, that. all the things we've, we've got so many excuses, so it's all good. If you've let me into this part, thank you for listening. Yeah. Oh, and I, I did want to point out, it's been many weeks since you got your upgrade and you're still with us. So I am happy. Uh, exactly. I, my Wi-Fi is much better and I, and That's I haven't good. been it, banned. That's that's even better. That's even better. Um, so for those of you who might be worried about getting an upgrade, John got it. 
and he's even better than before. That's right. I got the Pfizer, and you know, it's 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 good. It's very good. Uh, but if you are looking to tune into our episodes, if, and when they come on the biweekly basis, we promise they will every three weeks. Was it like biweekly every three weeks? Yeah. It's I don't know how that works. Somewhere within two to four weeks. Absolutely. We, we guarantee that. But, uh, you can find us on any podcatcher out there. Um, we're on every single one of them. And if for some reason you find one that we're not, let me know. And I'd be more than happy to remedy to that. Another way to keep up to date as to all of our episodes is going to nerdydadcast.com. And if you were wanting to ever provide us feedback about a show, it's feedback at nerdydadcast.com. That's our email address. For faster feedback, you can definitely hit us on Twitter, and we will usually respond pretty quickly. So, yeah, at nerdydadcast, that one. Yeah, and then there's facebook.com slash nerdydadcast. Don't go there. Facebook has, yeah, don't go there. Facebook has totally changed how things work, and I, to be honest... Like I get notifications. It's like, oh, cool. Thanks, Facebook. You're telling me about this, about that, something that someone did three weeks ago. Cool. Thank yeah. You. So, yeah, that's a slow response one. We might get back to you there. Probably not. Yeah, Twitter is probably the most responsive. Yeah. Um, and that, frankly, is because you're you're on Twitter like 24-7. Like I say something and like John's retweeting the shiznit out of that. It's not really like that anymore. I mean, it used to be. It just seems we have the same. The one second I pay attention to it is the one second that you'll actually tweet something. And I'll be like, oh, yeah, that. And so, yeah. Oh, so so our, our Twitter schedules are in sync the very few times we're on. Yeah, our, our Twitter, our, our our Twitter sense is tingling. Mm, oh. Cool. Uh, so on behalf of John, myself, Chris, uh, you know what you need to do. Stay nerdy, my friends. <laughs> <laughs>